What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. I'm OK Davis here with you. I hope you're doing well. We're going to talk some NBA as we uh, are coming down to the last 10 games of the season, which I am excited about. We'll talk NCAA tournament as well. And fantasy baseball and the World Baseball Classic. And something, um, we'll talk NHL as well. Um, as that season is also winding down, but something very disturbing about an upcoming game. First, we'll talk NCAA tournament. Sweet 16 is here. I am excited about it. My bracket, though, is pretty much busted. But I am looking forward to the tournament. Um, You know, I mean, college basketball is always fun. Now, technically, my champion is still alive. Um, I picked, at least in one bracket, I picked Texas um, and Gonzaga on one side. But on the other side, I had Arizona Duke. So when I'm looking at the Sweet 16, I still have Alabama alive, Houston, Texas, as I mentioned, uh, Xavier, Miami, Kansas, Connecticut, TCU, excuse me, Gonzaga, UCLA. So it's really my East bracket that's mostly destroyed. Like I can't get any points. Florida Atlantic won. Tennessee beat Duke. Kentucky lost to Kansas State. Michigan State uh, is still alive in the Sweet 16. So from that perspective, my bracket's done, but I'm still going to enjoy the tournament. The West, I still got three of the four Sweet 16 picked because I picked Kansas to beat Arkansas. That didn't happen. So it's not all doom and gloom, and let's see, because obviously I'm not looking at the other brackets, and I don't know where they are. So maybe, maybe I will get a little lucky. We shall see. We shall see. Now, if I'm thinking about who actually, if I had to do a new Sweet 16 bracket, who would I pick? I mean, I never thought that we'd say Princeton... Creighton would be in the Sweet 16. Certainly not Florida Atlantic. But the other schools, yeah, I could see them in the Sweet 16. I could. I really could. So if I'm, what what would I change? Um, Well, I think Peyton can, Princeton can beat Creighton. But I think Alabama will get to the Final Four. 
Um, Texas, I think, still can get there. Um, I think Miami has looked good, and I think Miami could beat Houston if I was redoing the bracket. I think Connecticut can beat Arkansas, but I've got Connecticut moving on. I've got Gonzaga moving on. I think Gonzaga is a sleeper right now. No one's paying attention to them the same way we used to, but they still have Drew Timmy, and I think there's a good chance that they'll get back to the Final Four, and that's going to be fun to watch. It's also going to be fun to watch the NBA as it gets down to the final uh, games of the season. Teams are still jockeying for position. My problem, my problem is we are in a situation right now where once again we have referees affecting the game and in, in not in a good way. And I know they're just headlines. Um, but, and it probably something you could say happened in every game, but we got Monty Williams talking about an, uh, efficient officiating disparity, 46 to 20 free throws in a Lakers win at home over the Suns. Monty Williams went on to say, where do you see a game with 46 free throws for one team? That's just not right. I don't care how you slice it. It is happening to us too. Other teams are reaching. Other teams are hitting. And we're not getting the same call, and I'm tired of it. It's old. 46 to 20 free throws with Devin Booker on our team. He gets 12. I mean, our bench had no free throws. It's just, I'm over it. Been talking about the same thing for a while. Doesn't matter what team it is. Chris Paul went on to say, we've been seeing some crazy stuff in different situations. I watched a lot of basketball. We've got a guy who goes, and he's talking about Devin Booker, who goes night in and night out. And you don't necessarily see the same calls. It's crazy. Crazy how some officials, too, you can't even talk to him or approach them because that is horrible. Yeah, one, yeah. Um, shoot, I can't remember which game it was because it happened so often. But a player got ejected for talking. He wasn't even the player who was involved in the foul. The NBA has a serious problem with the referees. And the problem is, I don't know how they fix it because it's not like they can say, oh, well, let's just wipe the slate clean and move on and just hire new refs. No, because these are supposed to be the best of the best and they are messing up. Mark Cuban is going to protest his loss, which look, I'm not going to say I'm not happy that Golden State won. Outside of my home team, I'm a big fan of Golden State and Steph Curry. Really, it's about Steph Curry, but I'm a big non-fan of Luka. Uh, overrated? Uh, I don't know. I mean, outside of Giannis, I'm just going to say it. How many European players do you see winning NBA champion, leading their teams to NBA championships? Giannis won one. But we got a lot of MVPs from Europe over the last, I think the last five MVPs. I'm sure many think Luka should maybe win it this year, but they're not really winning championships. You got to go back to Dirk. You got to go back to Dirk. But anyway, coming out of a timeout, Warriors center, uh, Kevon Looney, basically got a free dunk. The Mavericks thought they had the ball. They were down on the offensive end. But then the refs said the Warriors had the ball, didn't tell the Mavericks that. Let them let the Warriors inbound the ball and they got a free play. Mark Cuban is going to protest the game, said, quote, during the timeout, 
The official changed the ball and never told us. Then when we saw us line up as if it were our ball, he just gave the ball to the Warriors, never said a word to us. They got an easy basket, easy basketball. He meant to say basket. Crazy that would matter in a two-point game. He went on to say it was the worst officiating non-call mistake possibly in the history of the NBA. And they, all they had to do was tell us and they didn't, end quote. All right, the refs are saying their signal was that the Mavs had the timeout, not that it was their ball. But then you had one of the officials who was down on the other end as if it was the Mavs ball. So it obviously was a mistake. And we could say mistakes matter. Steve Kerr said, hey, when, quote, when they were down at the other end, I had to stop and think, is this right? I thought it was a pretty, it was pretty clear that it was our ball, and that's why I was drawing up a play out of bounds on the baseline. Mark Cuban filed a protest. Now, the weird thing is that Silver can make a ruling within five days. This is the second time that the Mavericks and Mark Cuban has has filed a protest. I, okay. It seems weird. Like, it's not like you, you, sh you should award the Mavs the win, but I guess they could say, okay, it's a tie score and they have to play overtime. Like, I don't have the energy to go into what happens next. And I, I guess I, I should find that energy. But it just seems like you you just can't make that mistake. You just can't. Because just like the players are the best of the best, the refs are supposed to be the best of the best. And they are not. They are increasingly becoming bad at their job. Some of them, not all of them, okay? Let me let me preface that. It is unfair to say it's all of them. But at least it seems, definitely seems like in the NBA, there's way more emotions involved. There's way more revenge and like, I'm gonna get you kind of situations. I don't like it. The standings are kind of separating themselves a little bit. I feel like Boston, you know, Milwaukee has a two and a half game lead. You know, no team is safe, but I feel like Boston and Philly are separated by a half a game. That's going to be a tight race. Brooklyn and Miami are tied by one percentage point, a uh, 5.542 to 0. .541. They're close in the sixth and seventh seed. Uh, eight, nine, and 10 are separated by a game and a half, the Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls. Uh, Pacers and Bulls are separated by a game and a half, 18, 19 and a half, with the Pacers looking on the outside. Uh, Wizards on the outside, I don't know if they could turn around. They've lost four in a row. They're two and eight in their last 10. A lot of my friends and family are down there like, yo, the Wizards are bad. They need to blow it up. I mean, we've been saying that for too long. The bottom line, in my mind, they should have never traded John Wall and we wouldn't necessarily be in this situation. Not that we wouldn't, have been winning more games than they are now. I think they would have been. 
but they messed up a chemistry for Russell Westbrook, an experimentation with Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis that is maybe like, you know, it's like putting on the Band-Aid and like leaving it on. I don't know if it's, you didn't leave it on too long, but I don't know. That's probably not a good analogy because realistically, they immediately shipped out. Russell Westbrook is like, dude, you changed the whole dynamic and it just didn't work. And you've done it two seasons in a row where you're trying to switch up the dynamic and bring this player in. And Spencer Dinwiddie had some bad comments about the Wizards recently about how he doesn't know where they are and they're a confusing team. Here's what I think. The Wizards need to go after Bob Myers. If Golden State, if he doesn't have a new contract and he's going into this offseason without a contract and maybe it's time for him to make a difference, to make a change, excuse me, and the Warriors are like, hey, we're going to do some things differently. Okay, he may cost a lot of money. But if you're the Wizards and based on the history of where you are with the team and then you look on the West Coast and you're like, man, what Golden State has built has been great. And you want to say, well, we want to be great. Then sometimes, as they say, the old adage, you got to spend money to make money. The Wizards need to go after Bob Myers in my mind. That's what they need to do. And I hope that they do that and uh, make a move. I mean, I know I pivoted there, but realistically, it's like if you want to make a real splash, if you want to say, hey, we want to win. That's the way you win. And it may not be possible. I know it's very much a pipe dream. But I hope maybe if there is an opportunity to say, hey, let's give it a shot. Let's really do something different and change the outlook of this franchise. That's the way to do it. And the funny thing, if you look at the owner, Ted Leonsis, he's done it on the cap side. I mean, he fired a coach after they won the Stanley Cup trophy. He's just like, oh, we don't need him anymore. I was really saddened by that, but he also fired a coach who, you know, what, two seasons before that? Man, I don't remember. There's so many coaches that were fired over that five-year span with the Caps before they won the Stanley Cup. Um, I just, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem to happen the same way on the Wizards' side. And I'm certainly not saying that Wes Unsell should be, should go, but... It just seems like even higher from that, the top general manager down, because you can't go owner, although I, I'm all right with that too, that um, if you can make a change, make the change. And if Bob Myers is available and you're looking at the Golden State Warriors who won, what, four championships, right? I mean, come on. That would be great. All right, going back to the playoffs after I pivoted there. And on the Western side, you know, Grizzlies are two games up on the Kings. Suns are a game and a half up on the Clippers. Clippers, uh, let's see what happens. They're five and five in their last 10. They just lost Paul George for two to three weeks. You know, all of the, I, I don't know. I feel like I look at the Clippers. I'm like all of that low management stuff. And look where it's getting you. You're not even getting a chance to get your guys. All of this, oh, you know, and I know that y'all were saying, oh, load management, let's, we want to make sure our players are available for the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just, it's corny. I just don't like it. And it's, it's just so ridiculous. Because in the end, you don't know if tomorrow is promised. So play for today. 
Play like you don't know if tomorrow you're going to need that one game that you lost because you sat your two stars because of low management. And you didn't win that game. And now look at you. Play for today. That's it. That's how the NBA should be played. And you look at the Clippers and now Paul George may not even be available for the playoffs. And you're only a half a game up on the Clippers who now hold the sixth spot. Carl Anthony Towns is back for the Timberwolves. Watch out. I think I'd be interested to see how this Timberwolf team shapes up. They're tied with Shea Gilgis Alexander and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Dallas Mavericks and the Lakers are tied at, at uh, with the same record in the ninth and 10th spot in the Jazz. And the New Orleans Pelicans are on the outside looking in, but they're only a half a game outside of the play-in tournament. So you got a little more drama there. A little more drama there. Now the team, I'm curious how they are going to do. That has become the villain the villains of the NBA in my mind, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. They maybe in some ways have righted the ship. They won four in a row. They're seven and three in their last 10, and they get their leader, superstar, all-star, John Morant back. Scored 17 coming off the bench. The FedEx, the, the crowd, the home crowd, love the fact that he's back, and I do too. John Morant said, quote, it meant a lot, man. Obviously, I'm thankful and grateful for everybody who's been supporting me during this time. It definitely helped me a lot. Definitely made me feel a little better. Eased everything that was going on. Felt good to be back. Super excited. Glad we was able to get the win. I'm happy that he's back, too. Even if I feel like the team has become the villains of the NBA, if you will. I feel like, uh, okay, we'll see. That was uh, the end of the quote, by the way. We said, glad we was able to get the win. I always forget to say in quote. The hit coach Taylor Jenkins said, quote, I think this has just kind of been part of the journey the last couple of weeks for him. He keeps talking about it. It's a process. I mean, I think every day, every example of something on or off the floor is just another opportunity for him to just kind of embrace what this process and journey is going to be like for him. I hope John Morant can be redeemed, that he now will remember what's at stake here for his life, not for basketball, not for the money, but for his life. Guns can kill. Even if some people want to say people can kill. Don't play with guns. You don't need to try to be like, oh yeah, I'm a thug. Uh, forget all of that. Just forget all of that. And I hope he has turned a corner, even if he wasn't, I don't know how long he was in that, uh, the rehab place in Florida. Didn't seem long. You know, it seemed to me like, okay, maybe it was just placating to everybody. Oh, yeah, I went to rehab for like two days. I always thought rehab was more like a long-term thing, but let's see, because also with rehab or AA and stuff like that, you hear people having relapses. Let's hope that John Morant doesn't have a relapse. 
and that Memphis can get back to their winning ways. I mean, they, I mean, let me, let me rephrase that because they are already in their winning ways, but you know, can get that magic of John Morant being back and they can focus on what's happening on the court. But hopefully, I hope that at the same time, you know, some of the 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 bravado that they have that spill to me towards arrogance will kind of slow down a little bit, right? I mean, the other game when when the Grizzlies beat the Warriors and they're all chirping at the Warriors, even Steph Curry, you know, was getting into it with the with the Grizzlies. And, you know, granted, you know, I would say some teams would always say you need a kind of a... a a bruiser on a team, if you will. And we know who the the bruiser is on the Memphis Grizzlies. But my my thing is that when you think about having a bruiser on your team, Dylan Brooks, who's suspended by the league again, like the things he's doing is just not cool. And you can win and not be, I want to say jerk is so corny, but I just feel like you can still win without having to be that way. That's all I'm saying. And I want to see, I mean, I definitely would love to see a Warriors Grizzlies rematch. Unfortunately, I feel like the Grizzlies would win, but for now, and for at least four years, the Warriors, as Clay Thompson did on the bench, can just put up his four fingers. Yeah, look how many championships we won. You could chirp all you want. You could beat your chest and be like, yeah, we're bad, we're bad, we're bad. Until you win five, until you win more than the Warriors, the Warriors still got one up on you. They still have a playoff and league MVP in Steph Curry. They have the king of chirping in Draymond Green. I saw the clip the other day that was funny to see Dylan Brooks as a college player talking about he admires Draymond Green. He wants to be like Draymond Green. He's kind of being like him, but not when you're pushing a camera guy and stuff like that. Like you're doing too much, man. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Now, I would say nobody wants to see hockey, and that's not fair. I watched hockey the other day. I took my kids to a game. We went to see the Ottawa Senators and the Pittsburgh Penguins play. We only lasted a period because the youngest one, five years old, after the warm-ups was like, yo, I want to go home. And it was kind of late. It was a weeknight, but we were supporting our uh, local um, athletic association, you know, you buy the tickets, half the proceeds go to the, or however many how percentage of the proceeds go to the league. So we were happy to do that. I forgot until after the fact that you can go up to the glass and watch warmups. I wish I had done that with the boys. Um, I'll have to remember that next time I take them to a game. The team I want to see is the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid. So that's where I'm hoping I will 
uh, go to see your next game. Um, and, you know, I mean, hockey's all right. I watch it. I do watch it. Um, it's interesting to see how they go based off of points. Looks like Carolina and New Jersey, 1-2 in the Metropolitan. They're good. Penguins, uh, looks like they may get a wild card. The Caps are on the outside looking in. First time in a long time, probably not going to make the playoffs. The greatness that is Alex Ovechkin and what he's done this year in passing Wayne Gretzky. You know, the trauma he's been through with his father passing. You'd like to see the Caps get into the playoffs and him find a way to, um, you know, make a magical run. I think it'd be a great story, but it looks like it's not going to happen. Boston, who has 113 points. The Bruins are having a historical season. They finally gotten the double digits in losses, 54 wins and 11 losses. Toronto's right there. Ottawa won the game 2-1. I don't know why my son said he was rooting for Ottawa, but he was. But the playoffs, you know, as I work for the Wizards and the Caps to to an extent, you know, the seasons kind of are like right next to each other. So you 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 kind of follow it a little bit more because you knew you know, when the stakes were high for the Wizards, that meant the stakes were high for the Caps too. But what I want to talk about is something that's not good. The Chicago Blackhawks have announced that they will not wear their Pride-themed warm-up jerseys before their Sunday's Pride Night game against the Vancouver Canucks. Why? Because they have security concerns. Now, the Associated Press report says it has to do with a Russian law that expands restrictions on activities seen as promoting LGBTQIA plus rights in the country. And... I get that there are fears for that. Um, and there have been players who said they will not take part in pride theme events. The Rangers opted not to wear the, their jerseys. San Jose Sharks goalie, James... Reimer, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov didn't want to take place in warm-ups in the Pride-themed jerseys. But Russians uh, for the Sharks wore their jerseys, Alexander Barabanov and Nikolai Kinzov. I hope I'm saying their names right because I'm not going to act like I know hockey, right? I'm not going to act like I know it that well. And there are some other things that things that the Blackhawks are going to do around the game. But I don't like the fact that this is where we are. I mean, I try to think of it, you know, also when you think of civil rights, could you imagine 
what it was like back then where it's like, you know, blacks were not supported, people of color. And this falls in line with that. And I wish that you could just say, okay, we're just going to beef up security, not back down and give in. Maybe the rule will change by the time we get to Sunday. Or not the rule, excuse me. The rule won't change. Maybe the Blackhawks' decision will change by the time we get there. And I hope so. I hope so. And now I want to turn my attention to baseball. Before I get into uh, the World Baseball Classic, I'm excited, but I'm kind of annoyed I am getting ready for my face my fantasy baseball draft and uh, I have a bone to pick with Yahoo or maybe it's my commissioner because this is a keeper league and in this keeper league we get to keep five players I do not like that as I even looked uh, um, at several of the rankings. I got Shohei Otani. He was my first draft pick when we started this keeper league. Um, It's a new keeper league, so it's only been, I think this is our third season going. And I picked Shohei Otani. And they're making me have to use two keeper spots for him. Why should I be penalized? Because he's a pitcher and and a DH. Or first baseman. Whatever the case may be. I don't like it. And I think Yahoo and or my commissioner, Matt, need to make a change. Now, Grant, I don't know if in Major League Baseball they expect the Angels to have two roster spots for Shohei Otani. But he's on my team. And I am 100% happy to have him on my team. I am really excited for this season. And I mean, I guess I could say that on every season. I love fantasy sports, period. But baseball, I feel like baseball actually was the first one that I did before football. I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain that that's the case. But this bothers me. It bothers me a lot. Now the question is, who else should I keep? The top players that are options, uh, Julio Rodriguez, Randy Arozarena, Nolan Arenado are the... um, starters that I was going to keep. Um, also have Tommy Edmond, Seth Brown, Eugenio Suarez. It's tough to decide who to keep. It is. For the pitchers. Again, I got to think about Shohei Otani, Zach Galen from the Diamondbacks, Alec Manoa from Toronto, and Shane McClanahan from Tampa Bay. And I can only keep five players. 
I am disturbed and annoyed that I have to pick. I shouldn't have to pick Shohei Otani twice. That's unfair in my mind. It seems unfair. And I don't like it. Matter of fact, I need to just set more keep more, more keepers and protest it. That's what I should do. But I am excited about fantasy baseball. I love it every year. Um I've been doing it probably since I don't know. Man, over 20 years I've been pl- doing fantasy sports. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Now, as I look towards the season, I don't know that I have a prediction for who will win the World Series. I know we're coming up on opening day and I need to start thinking about, um, you know, I went on DraftKings and I'm checking out who's, a top player, I mean, excuse me, a top team. Who's the favorite and and who is my underdog? So I'm going to get to that next week. Early next week. I mean, it is Thursday. So like opening day is right around the corner. I'll have my picks for you. I will. Probably on opening day, which is, but I want to talk now about the World Baseball Classic. I really enjoyed it. It's, you know, kind of like the World Cup, the Olympics is every four years. I know it's 2023. Um, So I think the next one's 2026. So that's not really three years. I guess 23, 24, 25, 26. I don't know. It seems weird to me. You know, it was always odd numbers for the Olympics. So it's weird. There's 23 and then 26. Not quite sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like not thinking right in my math. But it doesn't matter. Bottom line is World Baseball Classic was great. It was disappointing that some players got injured. Um, That part of it was sad. Edwin Diaz is probably lost for the whole season which is not good, which is not good. The Astros are going to be without um, not just one of their main anchors in Jose Altuve. Uh, Maybe it's only two months. So it's not that bad. But when you think about the the joy, the joy from the World Baseball Classic, I would say it was a hit. Japan won. The final was amazing. It was probably two of the best semifinals and finals games ever. USA dominated in their semifinals. It was great. And how about all these former Nats? Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner. I mean, these guys are 
They were lighting it up in the World Baseball Classic. They would be the type of guys that I would say, oh, I better pick in my face. Anybody who played in a World Baseball Classic, those are the players that I might take in my fantasy draft because I feel like they've already warmed up. They're going to be hot going into this season. That's my feeling. Look at it. I'm giving away my fantasy baseball secrets. Shouldn't have done that. Well, it's too late now. Um, apparently Adam Wainwright got hurt during the World Baseball Classic. Not apparently, he did get hurt. Um, so, it, you know, yeah, some players, it's unfortunate. But the final game was epic. I mean, Japan's comeback over Mexico in the semifinals actually was a game that I probably enjoyed a little bit more. But in the finals... To have Japan up on USA 3-1, Trey Turner started the game off with the home run. I think he was, if it wasn't for Shohei Otani, I feel like Trey Turner would have been the MVP of the tournament. And then Kyle Schwarber, another former Nat, to hit a home run to make uh, to, to get the game within a run, 3-2 in the, what was that, bottom of the, wait, that wasn't the ninth? No, it was the eighth, eighth, eighth. A bottom of the eighth inning. And then for Japan to be bring in Shohei Otani to close the game out was just, you couldn't write a better story for the World Baseball Classic final. Because not only were you bringing in the greatest player ever, he's better than Babe Ruth now. And they were talking about it on the broadcast about how Babe Ruth technically only pitched and batted for two seasons. Shohei Otani is going into his fourth, right? I think it's his fourth, or this is his third, right? It would be going into his third, third season, or he completed his third season going to his fourth. Bottom line is he's better than Babe Ruth now. In my mind as a player, yes, he needs to win. That's also important to win. He's got to win some World Series. Uh, if he just wins one, I feel like, okay, he's he is the best ever. And I know that all of the Major League Baseball teams are just waiting for the chance for Shohei Otani to hit free agency. But the final at-bat, Shohei Otani, the best player in Major League Baseball, best player in the world, going up against arguably the second best player in the world and his Angels teammate, Mike Trout in the final at-bat. It was great. I was glued to my seat with every pitch. I think it went to the full count, 3-2. I don't even remember. It was what, Monday night? And Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout to end the game. It was great. The celebration was, it was all right. It was, the, the pop and circumstance wasn't as big as like the Super Bowl, the way they gave out the the medals and, and Shohei Otani got his MVP, looked like a hubcap. And then they gave him the trophy by himself and then he walked it up to his teammates. I didn't like that. I wish they could have just given it to everybody as a group. But I want to see the World Baseball Classic again. This is probably the, this is the first year that I ever, I know it's new and they want it to be like the FIFA World Cup. And this was the first year that I was like, Wow. This is great. This is just, it was epic. Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani. 
and now they're going to be teammates. And I am rooting for the Los Angeles Angels to get to the playoffs. I would love for them to win a World Series. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm glad they're still together, even if it's for one last hurrah before uh, Mike Trout. Well, Mike Trout's got his four. Uh, well, Mike Trout's contract being the highest paid player ever will be surpassed by Shohei Otani, who I think is going to be the first $750 million man, not $500 million. I think $750 because he does both, right? You see that. Why, if he can pitch and bat, should he only get $500 million? If you think Mike Trout, his contract was $430 million. No, he's doing what a pitcher and a batter can do. So you got to pay him. I'm thinking 750. All right, maybe. Maybe 650. But it's not like the next player, not Mike Trout, but the next player that's going to come up. The next big contract, Juan Soto. Juan Soto's not going to be more than Mike Trout. It's probably going to be maybe more, excuse me, not more than Shohei Otani. It's going to be more than Mike Trout. Maybe he'll be the next $500 million man. But there's no doubt that if I'm Shohei Otani, I'm like, no, I want seven, seven fifty. I think he's going to be the next $750 million man. That's what I think. He's great. My father-in-law is going to Japan. I was like, oh, could you get a Shohei Otani Japan jersey? More for my son than me. Get him a jersey. He's getting into baseball and soccer more. And I know as a dad, I'm like, I don't know what level is he really, really good. But I feel like he's getting to that point where I had a couple of dads being like, your son's really good. I'm like, oh, thanks. I try to play both sports with him, but I didn't grow up playing either. You know, I'm looking forward to getting him back out on the tennis courts which we will do soon. He used to play in the JCCC, actually, same place that um, our, um, the greatness, um, I mean, University of Maryland program isn't great, but I think what they have been able to do um, in raising their profile for the JTC, JTCC because Francis Siafo was there. So one time, uh, maybe a couple, but I don't think it was a couple, my son got to watch Siafo practice. And I was like, you know, it takes a lot. I was just explaining to him, it takes a lot to be a professional tennis player. And the thing that I was thinking about is he likes tennis. He does. And he'll go out and play and he's really competitive. And then when I saw his swing, I was like, maybe he's better in baseball. So I started getting him in baseball, but he still likes tennis. And the thing is, for me, for someone who was like, well, maybe he just doesn't want to do an individual sport. He wants to do a team sport. Baseball, to me, is the best of both worlds. It's a team sport, but it's very much about the individual as a pitcher and a batter. You know when you're in that batter's box, it's you versus the pitcher and vice versa. I don't think he'll pitch. But coming off of his one year playing baseball and they won the championship and I'm just like, okay, we'll see what happens next. And my son was like, this was the best day of his life. So they had a draft this year 
and some coaches really like Taj. So we'll see what happens with baseball. I'm excited for this season. I'm kind of prepping him that, hey, you know, you don't win a championship every season. They couldn't keep the team together to run it back, which I'm also sad about. I was hoping they would allow be allow them to be able to do that. They're breaking them up like the Nats did. Huh? How about that? But I'm excited for fantasy baseball and real baseball and soccer season because he's doing soccer too. So I'm interested to see being a uh, a father a, a father of a young kid again what that's going to be like of their maturation um into their teen years and if he will stay at, with sports and if he'll get bitter bigger and better and you know win awards and start to get recognized and who knows he'll get a high school NIL deal <laughs> we'll see we'll see but i'm excited for the baseball season NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs a little bit. Next week, I'll talk about football. I want the dust to settle a little bit with whatever's happening with the commanders before I start talking about it. I'm not ready to talk about whatever's going on with them. So many rumors, I have no idea, so I'm going to leave it alone for now. Just for now. But eventually, you know I'm going to get there too. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke. Ciao for now. Baseball, spring training. I've been watching the World Baseball Classic. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. 